Welcome to Redefining the Good Life, the podcast that calls BS on the rat race of modern life and helps you finally have the courage to go after your dreams. I'm your host, Aishan Karaduman, aka The Omnivorist. I'm a life coach and functional nutritional therapy practitioner. Using a blend of mindset tools and ancestral nutrition, as well as understanding just what it means to be human today, I'm here to help you change the trajectory of your life. Another future is possible, my friend. Welcome on board. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the first ever episode of Redefining the Good Life. And I first want to begin with talking about just who this podcast is for. Now, tell me if you can relate to this. You have studied hard in school. You went to all the right schools. You did all the right things, got the diplomas, got the jobs, got the promotions. Maybe you even left home. Maybe you even went far away, like changing countries. You got, you know, a great salary. You are with the partner. You have kids. And yet, you have that nagging feeling, that little voice inside that says, maybe there is more to it than this. You are meant for great things. Maybe, just maybe, you're not living up to your potential. That little voice that says, something's not totally right. Something's missing. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. And if it has, just know that you're in the right place. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about my own story today because, well, first, I think it's, it's, it's a, the right thing to do to explain to you why, who I am and why I, came to, um, why I came to create this podcast and why I think I am a good person to talk about these things. And it's because I was that person. Um, or I had similar, I had, you know, I had a similar experience. So when I think about that, there is one memory that really stands out. I remember now this was about, I would say, six or seven years ago, we were living in Paris. I still had one kid then. And I remember I was working at a job that's, that was way on the other side of Paris, in the close Paris suburbs, but like way on the other side. And I would be away from home and from my kid. And, you know, and I remember that one morning I was rushing out the door to catch the metro to go to work. And I remember looking like the kitchen was right next to the, um, to our door. And I kind of like gave the sad glance at the, <laughs> at the, there was this bag of vegetables that was, that were still covered in dirt. It was our AMAP basket. AMAP is um, like a CSA basket, community supported agriculture. We picked up our vegetables and they were still unwashed. They were still sitting on the kitchen floor, sadly. And I had to rush out the door, like, you know, in the morning rush to get to my job. And I remember in that moment, I resolved to change that situation. In that moment, I told myself, one day soon, I will no longer be making this choice. I will not be making this choice of running off to a job that's really only for the paycheck 
as opposed to staying home right now, washing my vegetables, spending the day in the kitchen, not being away from, you know, my baby and my family and all the things that were dear to me at that time for so many like hours of the day, for such long hours of the day. I resolved at that moment to make a change that this was not going to be forever. I remember thinking, I'm too old for this shit, you know, to run off to something, to rush off to something and leave away everything I care about just because I need a paycheck to pay the bills. It just did not seem right to me. And so in a way, this podcast is maybe partly that story of how I made all of that happen. And I did make it happen, actually. And it wasn't as complicated as it seemed then. But I remember even that day, I didn't really know how, um, but it was enough to just want it. And it was just enough to be clear about it. It sometimes feels like I have lived many lives. I have moved around all my life. Well, I grew up in Turkey. I, um, I lived there until I was, you know, I finished high school. And then I moved to the U.S. to go to college. I lived there for 15 years. And then I moved to Paris, France uh, in 2007. So but the thing is, even when I was growing up in Turkey as a kid, we moved around a lot. We moved cities like um, four times, I think, when I was growing up. So at the beginning, I was moving from city to city, to school to school. And then eventually, I, you know, I moved entire countries and even, even continents and cultures and languages. Um, and the thing is, there is somebody I know who says... There is bullshit and distortion everywhere, everywhere you go. And I think that moving around so much, what that did for me, and as hard as it was as a kid, actually, it was quite traumatizing as a kid. I think what that did for me is it really sharpened that that filter I have, that bullshit filter that I have. So I think every place I went to, even changing just cities and schools, it was a completely different culture from one place to the next. And that just made me so aware of all the, all the, I guess you, that's what you call a culture, right? It's all those things, all those attitudes we have, the way we do things, the way we talk, the way we dress, all of it. And it's invisible to us because we just take it for granted. Everybody around us agrees with us. And when you move around so much in your life, that's one thing you realize, like, People are different. And not only people are different, we have options. <laughs> we can actually choose to, be, to, be, to behave differently, to even think differently. So I think that's what moving around so much all my life kind of allowed me to do eventually, now that I look back. So as I said, I grew up in Turkey, and my dad was an agricultural engineer, and my mom, a medical doctor. So as you can tell, I definitely did not grow up in a very holistic paradigm. And for a very long time, it just did not occur to me to question conventional wisdom, you know, when it comes to things like how our food is produced or what it takes for a human being to stay healthy. I took it for granted that produce had to be, you know, grown in huge monocrop fields and it needed chemical treatments to, you know, survive pests. And also being healthy meant that you know, when something goes wrong, which it inevitably does, you go to see a doctor, you get prescribed drugs, and then, and then that's that until the next time. And now there's another important fact about me, which is I have loved food for as long as I can remember. I always had a sweet tooth. I loved cakes and cookies and éclair au chocolat and everything in between. And so as a kid, as a young woman, I loved eating. 
Um, but as you might imagine, this love of food, it did not always do wonders for me. And for most of my adult life, my young adult life, I had my share of chronic issues um, that, that were pretty frustrating, but I didn't really feel that in charge, let's say, of my body. So, you know, things like digestive issues, um, you know, flares of eczema, I would get bouts of insomnia, chronic backaches. I had pretty bad environmental allergies that triggered my asthma. My immunity wasn't that great. You know, there were times when I would just, some winters it felt like I would come down with every bug that, you know, that came around. Um, I did not have great energy levels. And and I also had yo-yoing weight. I never really felt completely, you know, let's say really comfortable in my own skin for a really long time. And another important fact about me is that I've always been a bookworm. From a young age, as a kid, like like books and reading, they were always my go-to. They were kind of an escape for me. And that love continued into my adulthood. And, you know, they really opened a whole world for me. So I kept, you know, over the years, um, learning and reading and researching. And so over the years, like one of the questions that I became more and more interested in was, how far our civilization had gotten away from nature and how we'd lost touch with where the food on our plate comes from. So in a way, this was me getting away from my dad's, like my dad's side, that modern agricultural paradigm that I'd grown up with. And at the same time, I was getting more interested in, you know, holistic health and learning to take better care of myself, you know, using natural remedies for common illnesses, instead of, you know, just taking, you know, popping some medication that doesn't necessarily support my body and just put, pushes away symptoms. Um, so, so this was basically, and also I was starting to become more aware of everyday toxins. And I really started to clean up my act on things like cosmetics and household products. So this was the beginning of me questioning that medical paradigm from my mom's side that I had also grown up with. Um, and then, let's say this things were not totally, totally clicking for me, though, just yet. And then I became pregnant with my first kid. This was back in 2012. And something happened at that time that also became a total blessing in disguise. I got laid off from my job early in my pregnancy because the project I was working on um, was canceled. Now, it was a total blessing in disguise because now because of the situation. First of all, it, it was kind of a lucky situation because, you know, this being France, you have amazing protection and amazing rights as a worker, especially if you're pregnant, especially if you're getting laid off. So this meant that I could, you know, leave that job under really good conditions. And now I had all the time in the world to actually, you know, enjoy my pregnancy and have some space, like some room to breathe. And also, allow the nerd in me to come out fully. So I really started to read everything I could get my hands on, you know, of course, about pregnancy and nutrition and childbirth and parenting. And the question I had in my mind that I was trying to answer was, how can I make sure that my baby turns out as robust as possible? And so as I was asking that question and doing all that research, I realized that what I ate while he was still growing inside would have lifelong consequences for his health. So it wasn't even just a matter of, you know, giving birth to a baby with 10 fingers and 10 toes. The stakes were actually much higher. They would actually affect him for his entire life. 
So that gave me the motivation to start changing the way I ate gradually, really at first, but somewhere along the way, as I was doing that, something started to really click. You know, you know, I was eating in a way I was motivated at first by wanting to have a healthy baby, but I myself slowly started to feel better myself. So in starting with that pregnancy and in the few years that followed, I really started to understand that food connection, that you know what I was putting into my mouth was intimately connected to how I felt in my body. Um, of course, I knew this theoretically, but I wasn't really, you know, this was now some like like visceral knowledge that I had. And of course, I realized that the natural remedies were a good place to start, but they were still superficial. They were still trying to remedy what had already gone wrong. But by focusing on the true foundations of health, by eating in the right way and other lifestyle things, I actually started to get sick less. And I also started to see a lot of those chronic issues kind of slowly melt away or disappear altogether. So I really saw firsthand that real food had the power to heal. So I started to develop a really unique perspective on really all that is human health and happiness. You know, it all started with food, but soon it became, you know, obvious that it wasn't limited to just food. But food, let's say, was kind of like my gateway drug, if you will. And I will get into that a little bit more in future episodes. And so fast forward to today, it really is remarkable how much more energy I have, how much more, you know, mental clarity I have at 45 with two young boys than I ever did in my 20s. At least most days. (laughs) Let's not exaggerate. It's not literally every day, but most days. And I do feel generally, you know, well, like I know how to get take good care of myself. Also, I feel really confident about what to eat, how to eat, and how to get the most nourishment from my foods, all the while eating really delicious food. Because remember, I've always been a big foodie, so it all has to taste good. And I also, without trying, have I found my ideal weight and stayed there comfortably. Again, this was a side effect of taking good care of myself overall, because my body was basically not inflamed anymore, which is what I was doing with foods unknowingly before I knew all of this. And as I became more and more passionate about this, all of this stuff and this lifestyle over the years, I really realized like, okay, I think this is my calling. There is something here for me. This has to become my life's work. And it's really funny now that I think about it because before I became a parent, right before I became a parent, I remember wondering if it would change me in any way. It would make me grow and it would give me more direction in my life. And boy... Did it do just that? I also want to touch upon my professional journey um, a little bit too, because I think that's where things got really interesting for me. Uh, So living all these lives that I did, I actually never felt fully satisfied when it came to my professional life. Now, when I was younger, like in high school, in college, I actually loved studying. I loved ideas. Um, I loved discovering ideas. I loved exploring ideas, discussing, like I would lose myself in that. That's actually why I was in high school. I had been in the science math track and I did like 180 and ended up, you know, going into the humanities. And when I was in college, I actually chose to be a a philosophy um, major. That's actually, that's a story for another day, how I ended up in the US despite all odds, because my family definitely didn't have the means to send me to college there. But one big reason I loved the idea of college in the U.S. was, you know, the the possibility of being a liberal arts major and, you know, having one major, but being able to 
take classes from so many different disciplines. That was just heaven for me. But the problem was, you know, I was into all these ideas and studying and everything, but I actually, I had no practical idea what I could do for a career. And maybe kind of naturally in that case, I leaned towards academia, but then I got discouraged by by, you know, seeing what my professors had to go through and kind of understanding that the ac- academic job market was super tough and you really had such little control over your life and even where you wanted to live. So I ended up deciding that academia maybe was not such a good idea. And so after college, I ended up moving to San Francisco. I found work as a project manager in translation and localization companies. And then the dot-com bubble crashed. And I ended up losing my job. I ended up getting a layoff. So this was actually my first layoff. And, and you know, the kind of thing that happens to me in life is I remember having such a heavy heart when I was walking to work that morning. There were rumors that we might be actually, there might be a big layoff that day. And I remember feeling so awful and so dark. And yet, when it did happen, I ended up seeing that there was actually a big opportunity in there for me. You know, I was like an international worker and I had a visa and that, that made it really hard for me to move jobs and even when I wanted to move cities. And I had been burning to actually live in New York and move to New York, but there were so many logistical hurdles. And when I got laid off and our company actually promised us that, you know, we will make it easier for you, for the international employees to, until you find a new job, we will, you know, honor your visa and we will make sure that, you know, we're just, we're basically going to make this work out for you. So that's when I was like, boom, I am moving to New York. That was like, you know, it was just what looked like terrible news. I ended up turning that into a huge opportunity for myself and, you know, realized my dream at that time of moving to New York. And when I was in New York, I ended up landing a job that again, would have made me like so excited in my, in my dreams, which is, I ended up finding work at a documentary production company. And the whole time I lived in New York, that's where I was. And I, you know, there were so many aspects of that job that I loved. We worked on different documentaries and and nonfiction TV shows. And, you know, the work allowed me to travel with shoots. We would go to different corners of the US and even some very interesting parts of the world. So, you know, that part was very gratifying. But aside from the travel, of course, there was also a lot of downtime at work. And this was a full-time gig. And actually, like already even then, I was feeling like this wasn't exactly the full contribution I needed to make in this life. And full-time employment, frankly, sometimes felt like a little bit like prison. And parallel to that, I also always had this idea that I did not want to stay in the U.S. forever but also did not have any desire to move back to Turkey. But I actually really wanted to live in Europe. I had no idea how that could happen, but it was always in there in the back of my mind. And then one day in 2007, uh, our boss, you know, came up to us to explain that, you know, the, the shows we'd been working on were coming to an end. And actually we were about to go into a really slow period And so he said, if any of you have considered doing a few months sabbatical, now is the time to do it. Now is a perfect time to do it. And once again, kind of the wheel started turning in my head and I had literally made a decision in five minutes. So living in New York, I had a lot of French friends and I was actually supposed to go to France for a wedding in about five, six weeks time. And so in that moment, I decided, okay, I'm going to 
take my flight to France and I'm going to actually stay there for three months, take a sabbatical from my work, and I'm going to just kind of get the lay of the land and, and just kind of lay the groundwork for eventually moving there at a later date. Actually, what ended up happening is I did go to Paris. I did end up staying for three months. And I actually decided that I actually decided that Paris was much tougher as a city than New York ever was. And so I was like, well, might as well just stay here and persist at this thing. If I want to make this work out, it's not going to work to go back to New York and then try to come back again. So I actually ended up, you know, staying for good. So making a life in a new country, in a new language, in a new culture, um, you know, and my French wasn't amazing at that point. It just got a lot better as, you know, as I lived here and I spoke a lot, I practiced a lot, I took French, intensive French lessons. Um, and I was hoping to get a job in TV cinema, but really I was willing to take anything. I even waited tables for a while while also having a part-time job during the day. I mean, I don't think I have ever been that physically exhausted in my life. Um, and I slowly went from having precarious jobs to finding more stable work. I worked as an assistant to a movie star couple. I then worked at a cinema website. That's actually where I got the layoff um, when I was pregnant. And then between my two boys, I worked at an advertising agency. But once again, I never fully felt at any of my jobs like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Until, of course, that first pregnancy where I just, you know, as I explained to you, went down the rabbit hole and eventually realized like, wow, there is something here for me. This is more than just a hobby. So after almost 20 years as a full-time employee, I said goodbye to the corporate life in 2016 and when my second son was just a baby, like a few months old, I started to, I trained to become a functional nutritional therapy practitioner through the Nutritional Therapy Association in the US. Um, and then shortly after that program, I discovered coaching, which was basically, it totally changed my life. Again, I will talk about this in future episodes. And so together, these have allowed me to create basically the business that I have today, um, which is I help, you know, I spend my time helping others make the same transition and start taking their health and their happiness and their lives into their own hands. And so it was that I ended up becoming an entrepreneur, something I had never considered before, even in all my years in the U.S., I think I was also limited by my immigration status when I was there, but it wasn't just that. It's just something that I never thought that was for me. And yet, once I finally identified what my calling was, it also became so obvious that I had to launch my own business. And I also realized that one reason I was never completely fulfilled at my jobs before was this feeling of disempowerment. Apparently, I really needed to be the captain of my own ship. So next time, I'm going to talk to you all about the one big life change that I made with my family and how I put an end to a lifetime of being a city dweller in search of something quieter, something simpler, something truer to who we are. I can't wait to meet you then. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Join us in our private Facebook group, Redefining the Good Life, where we continue the conversation about just what it means to have a meaningful life today. See you there.